Welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards here at the C. Thomas Printer Cooperative, a place to make you think, make you remember, and make you smile. Looking Backwards. This week was a fire hose of financial news. The Fed meeting resulted in the Fed leaving interest rates alone, but Jerome Powell said that a March rate cut was probably off the table. Treasuries were strong early in the week after seeing the Treasury refunding announcement. More on that in a minute. But then bonds got crushed on Friday after a blowout jobs report, with the economy supposedly creating twice as many jobs as expected. Almost lost in the shuffle was the news coming from the nation's 32nd biggest bank, New York Community Bank. NYCB was down 38% on Wednesday after posting a huge fourth quarter loss and they cut their dividend. This is the bank that purchased some of the assets from Signature Bank, one of them that failed last spring. The key takeaway here is something that we have talked about for months. Banks are insolvent. This bank was being forced to confront its commercial real estate problem and announced a net loss of $252 million in the fourth quarter. Gina Heeb and Will Fleur write for the Wall Street Journal, quote, net charge-offs surged to $185 million from $1 million a year earlier, driven by two loans in that space. One was an office loan that had gone bad after an updated valuation in the third quarter. The other was a co-op loan that wasn't in default, but that the bank expects to sell in the first quarter. From Mark Fitzgibbon, quote, I don't see systemic issues with their loan portfolio that I'm overly concerned about. Head of financial services research at Piper Sandler. It felt like this was a cleanup quarter, the company said we're going to rip the Band-Aid off all at once, end quote. Well, kudos to this bank for facing their losses. But this is two loans, and it caused the bank to decline 38%. The regional bank ETFs were down almost double-digit percentages this week as most regional banks got hit again. Azora Bank, Japan's 16th largest bank, got hammered this week as it revealed that it too had commercial real estate exposure in America. And in Europe, Deutsche Bank are raising their provisions for loss in American commercial real estate by 4x. This problem hasn't gone away, it has merely gone out of sight. The Fed also recently announced that they would not be renewing the BTFP the bank term funding program that it created last year during the banking crisis. Things are getting difficult for banks again, and we are seeing their strain. I want to pivot now, using my pivot foot and not traveling, and discuss women's basketball next. An article out of the soon-to-be-defunct Sports Illustrated caught my eye. Daniel Chavkin writes, quote, South Carolina's 76-70 win over LSU officially averaged 1.56 million viewers, topping the NBA's matchup between the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat on TNT at the same time, which only averaged 1.38 million viewers, according to Sports Media Watch, end quote. Whoa. That has to be concerning for the NBA, 
as well as a celebration for women's college basketball. Now, LSU are the defending national champions and South Carolina are ranked number one, and they do have a rivalry, but to outdraw the NBA and two marquee teams at that, I think this is great for women's sports in that, in that they need to stop trying to piggyback off men's sports and promote their own product and grow their own sets of fans. These two universities have done that, and they have their own rabid fan bases, and they are voting with their television sets. The free market is undefeated, just like South Carolina. The NBA needs to seriously look at its product, not because of a women's game beating them, but because no one is watching. In a country of 340 million people, I don't think they lost viewership to the 1.56 million that had, turned, that had tuned into the ladies' game. I think that they lost their viewers to other things or telecasts. They had better fix their product and soon if they are going to sell advertising because TNT has already paid a fortune for those games. And if they start losing head-to-head -to, -head to women's basketball, the NBA business model is in trouble. As we said, the Treasury refunding announcement came out Wednesday, but bonds rallied early in the week after seeing the estimates for that announcement that were released on Monday. Wednesday confirmed that the Treasury would be selling more long-term debt. Zero Hedge writes, quote, As a result, the auction sizes of the 2, 3, 5, and 7-year will increase by $9 billion, $6 billion, $9 million, and $3 billion, respectively, by the end of April 2024. Turning to the all-important bills, which the Treasury used to fund much of the budget deficit in late 2023, when it funded deficit spending using the reverse repo drain, whose proceeds were used to fund bill issuance, the Treasury said, quote, it expects to maintain bill auction sizes at current levels into late March, end quote, with modest reductions by then into early April during the tax filing season. The total borrowing was less than expected, and the bonds rallied during the week as they liked what they'd heard. However, the shift to longer-term paper was largely expected, as they are having to slow down on Treasury bill issuance because the reverse repo just hit $503 billion this week, meaning that this source of funding will be dry in a month or two at this rate. So... Yellen used this source for short-term funding, but now she is trying to move into longer-dated treasuries, which have struggled at auction since October. Now, why is this concerning? Here is why. Did you see the stock market making new highs this week? The Facebook jumping 20% in one day and acting like a crypto asset? The money flowing into the system is drying up rapidly. From Zero Hedge again, quote, the numbers also mean that the reverse repo facility will be fully drained by Q2, and we expect that on Wednesday we will learn that the bulk of the reduction in Q1 and Q2 estimates will be due to sharply lower bill issuance for one simple reason, there is no more reverse repo cash to buy at all, end quote. Money in reverse repo gets paid at 5.3% by the Fed currently. So if the money comes out of the reverse repo and buys T-bills at 5.4%, the difference is pretty much minimal. But it does incent the holders of that money to buy T-bills. The people can get more yield. This is another Fed slush fund that was loaded during COVID and will be empty in two months. This is why Yellen has to sell more long-term treasuries her buyer for bills is out of money.
Now, we are going to see a huge $245 billion decline in T-bills outstanding. Why? It is really expensive now that we aren't exchanging money in one pocket and moving it to the other. The U.S. government just announced that it sucks paying $1 trillion in interest expense, and it is going to try and issue longer-term treasuries at 4% versus short-term T-bills at 5.4%. They can't fund the government 1.4% higher when it isn't a pocket-to-pocket exchange. This is why Powell verbally pivoted, because he needed time to prep the markets to be able to reduce QT, which adds to the Treasury's problem, and to stand by in case this causes a credit event. We said Yellen kicked the can down the road. Well, she did, but this is awful news. Now she's backed herself into a corner where long-term bond sales have to be strong. And at 4%, I don't think this is enough yield to satisfy the market. Who is going to buy the bonds and at what price? Yep. We are back here again. Looking forwards, speaking of COVID programs coming to an end, Rudy Blaylock writes for the Epic Times via Zero Hedge, quote, starting February 1st, Los Angeles renters owe in full any unpaid rent between October 1st, 2021 and January 31st, 2023, ending a pandemic era policy, end quote. Good Lord, Rudy, how about a little foreplay? You can't just jump into it like that. My God, full rent is due? Rudy also tells us that Los Angeles Mayor Karen Bass has assured Angelinos there are abundant resources to help renters in arrears. Like what? Extra jobs? A moving truck? Maybe another pandemic? From Blaylock's article, last year, 77,000 eviction notices were sent out with 96% being for overdue rent at an average of $3,774. And this is a big one. January 31st, yeah, that was the last day when landlords were prohibited by law from raising rents on any properties built before 1978. Now, rent can go up 4 to 6% until June 30th. Folks, the COVID bill is coming due in so many ways. Student loans started up again October 1st. Rents are going to have to be paid and back rent also. And the banks are not going to have the BTFP. Somebody, everybody is going to have to start paying their bills. Everyone that is except the U.S. government who can print money forever, it seems. In another way that America life is getting back to pre-COVID norms, UPS joined J.P. Morgan Chase and Boeing, requiring five days a week in the office. Chip Cutter writes for the Wall Street Journal, quote, It is still relatively uncommon for large employers to, requir- to require corporate staff in person full time. In the Fortune 500, 82% of employers offer at least some remote work opportunities, according to data from Scoop Technologies, a software firm that tracks return to office efforts. At tech company HP, the printer and laptop maker has asked that employees come into the office a few days a week, as determined by teams. CEO Enrique Lores said a younger generation of workers, including his own children, won't tolerate a five-day-a-week plan. 
quote, they value flexibility so much that they will not work for a company that will tell them you need to come to the office five days per week. They will not do it, end quote. Perhaps, Enrique, per, but here is another perhaps. Perhaps they can find another job and there will not be many available. The recent JOLTS labor report shows us that the quits rate has dropped to a three-year low. The status quo has changed, youngsters, and I think the new criteria for employers to use will be be fantastic at your job and you can work anywhere. And let's be honest, not many fantastic ones out there. So then it will be come back to the office or find another job. This will be traumatic. And many blue cities are setting up nap pods and safe places for decompression afterward. Welcome to doing what you don't want to do. It's called adulthood. Last week, UPS announced that package volumes were down 8% as their stock sold off and they announced layoffs. This week, C.H. Robinson Worldwide announced earnings and they came in at 50 cents a share versus the expected 80 cents after stripping out one-time charges and blaming it on low levels of freight demand and a negative pricing environment. Sabella O'Hay writes in the logistics report for Wall Street Journal, quote, revenue dropped 17% to 4.22 billion, missing analyst expectations of 4.33 billion, according to FactSet. C.H. Robinson reported an 18% drop in transportation revenue. Quote, weak freight demand in an elongated market trough combined with excess carrier capacity continued to result in a very competitive market, end quote. Chief Executive Dave Bozeman said, noting he expects 2024 will present some of the same challenges and headwinds seen in 2023, end quote. But it isn't just in shipping and freight, but consumer purchases as well. Sabrina Escobar writes for Barron's, quote, Adidas surprised the markets Wednesday by pre-announcing its fourth quarter results. While the quarter itself was good enough, the company's guidance for fiscal 2024 reignited concerns that demand for athletic wear was slowing in key markets, sending shockwaves through the sector. Part of the reason for the blowback is that Adidas's announcement comes on the heels of Nike's guide down in December and Puma's disappointing preliminary results last week, end quote. The pandemic ushered in a lot of programs that allowed people to not pay bills, receive money to spend above their means, and live a lifestyle that they have not yet earned. I am referring to work from home, which is reserved for people who have earned it not entry-level dum-dums that don't know what they are doing but simply don't want to commute. The world is realigning itself, and there will be changes, and they are happening fast. The Dow Jones finished trading at 38654 The 10-year Treasury bond is at 4.024%. The price of Brent crude is at $77.33 a barrel. The price of gold is $2,057 an ounce, and the price of silver is $22.79 an ounce. Thank you for listening today, and you can find all of our articles and more on our website at cthomasprinter.com. 